1: some bad but from everyone there has been something learned and now it's time to share that knowledge it's called paying it forward here these lessons learned are then paid forward to you with you paying it forward too
2: Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here. I'm so excited to report that um, I'm actually calling you live from um, the Hershey, Hershey Lodge here in Hershey, Pennsylvania. My oldest son had um, convinced us that we had to come here. He was really looking forward um, to coming to Hershey for the first time. And I must say, what a beautiful place this is, Um The Hershey Lodge is absolutely beautiful. The rooms are pristine. Uh, We had an incredible um, breakfast this morning, and then my husband actually brought the kids to the park already, and they were there within five minutes. So it really is a great, great place to stay, so I would highly recommend it. Okay, so that's that. I would like to start with the business tip of the week. Okay, so this week was a very exciting week for me because as many of you know, I am always in the process of um, organizing things. So what I was doing this week was my office. This is my project of the summer, and I have studied all of my feng shui stuff. I am uh, really, really on top of all of this, and I was, through LinkedIn, this is how powerful um, social media is. It is, um, I actually had somebody contact me, who is an organizer in the city, who had listened to one of my Paying It Forward shows, and she had offered to come out and actually help me get um, my office organized, so I was so very, very excited about that, and um she came and this was her summary of my office. She has said to me that I have organized chaos in my office and I started to laugh. And she has said, You have really, really good intentions. The problem is I had too much stuff going on. I had um I had lots of different filing systems, I had lots of pretty little baskets. And it was just not working out where I just didn't have one system. So I just want to give a big, big shout out to Stacy. You can find Stacy at www.stacytheorganizer.com. Well, Stacy's recommendation was that I should go to the container store. She said a lot of people have um, a lot of stores. Staples and um, Office Supply Stores have these rolling um, filing cabinets. But she happened to think that um, there is one in particular at the container store that is really, really top quality. I'm sure Staples has them as well, the Office Depot. I'm sure all the supply stores have them. Well, I can't wait to absolutely get all of my files together in one spot so here i'm going to be able to have hanging files that i'll be able to roll up right to my desk i'll have one section of folders maybe red just for the stuff that has to do with my mom knows best all my glovey stuff then i'll have a different color of file hanging file folders for my radio show i'll have a different file folder for my wonderful tigers Uh, Cub Scouts that I'm the leader for, I'll have a different folder for the kids. There's so much paperwork that is involved with um, all three of my children. So anyway, with that in mind, I just want to let you know we are on a roll (laughs) as far as organization goes, Um, and I'm excited because as many of you know, the more organized you are, the more accomplishments you can make. And to be honest, a lot of mom entrepreneurs out there, we just don't have the luxury of being disorganized. So that is my business tip of the week? Okay, well, today I have a truly exciting guest. Um, her name is Lori, and um, Lori is as successful as any mom business owner can possibly be. So, Lori Holiday is the owner, the founder, of Two Red Hens, and she does amazing work. I was so, so floored at how incredible all of her products were. You're going to get to hear all about Lori, how she is a true, true survivor. She is probably one of the most successful people I know. So, with that, I can't wait to to bring Lori on air. So, Lori... I want to welcome you here to Tang It Forward today. Thank you so much for being a part of our show.
0: Hi, Josephine. Good morning.
2: <laughs> Hi, Laurie. So I was telling my listeners what an amazing and successful businesswoman you are.
0: Well, uh, thank you, and thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're so modest, Lori, and I have to tell you, when I was doing my research last night, I was completely blown away. I already knew that you were successful, that you were so low-profile. I I was just reading about all of your accomplishments, that everybody can actually go to tokenet.com it's right on the home page as we speak. But, Lori, tell me. I, I mean, one of the most amazing things to me is that you are the 13th child out of 14 children in a family. You grew up on a farm, and I have to tell you, Lori, my listeners already know I'm one of 11 children. I was one of the higher-ranking kids. I was the fourth, but I had three older brothers. But, I mean, what was your experience growing up on a farm with so many siblings?
0: Um, well, you know, I think, well, I don't really have anything to uh, compare it to because it's just sort of the way that you grow up, but I don't know. I think it was a lot of fun. I really don't have any bad memories as, you know, a child. I know, I know now we were really poor and we didn't have any money and I know now like the house was really crowded and I know now my mom was exhausted, but I mean, like being in it when you're little, I was just you know, it was a lot of fun. We lived out in the middle of nowhere on a farm, so it came in handy to have all those people because, you know, you're never bored that way. So it's like our own little village inside one house. But, um, I don't oh. know, it was a lot of fun, and, you know. Um, yeah, I... I think that's great, Lori. I mean, I think that has to do
2: with – it has to have something to do with why you're such a strong, strong person on the inside. I mean – Seriously, growing up with seven brothers in my house, I had to be a survivor. (laughs) We had no choice. And meanwhile, we got along really well, and we still get along really well. But, you know, it's like you got to carve out your little space, and you got to say, you know, this is my space. I don't want, you know, anybody, you know, encroaching on my space here. So it was always a matter of staking out your own, you know.
0: Right. You kind of got to – well, if you don't, you're going to get lost in the – Pile, I think, so, and, uh, so, yeah, but you got to...
2: Lori, was there something as a child that can spark your memory that would make you think that you would ever become an entrepreneur when you got older?
0: Mm, you know, I don't know. I know I was at a very, really early age, um, I was a really bright child and I was always, always motivated to just be successful. And I'm not sure I knew what that meant when I was little, but, you know, I dreamed of crazy things that, you know, kids dream of like having fancy cars and things like that. And, and I, I don't know. I, I think I just kind of went down that road, and and one thing leads to another, and then you realize at some point that if you're going to get there, you sort of have to work for yourself. I mean, I think that most successful people well, not most. There's a lot of successful people that don't work for themselves, huh. but many successful people out there. Um, you know, if you want to write your own ticket, you've got to you've got to be in charge of it. So, so at some point, you know, whatever, seven or eight years ago, I just took a. Took a leap of faith and started Two Red Hens, and here I am.
2: I think that's great. So, what led you to start Two Red Hens? I mean, I know that you're creative. I've seen everything that you've done. I mean, Lori, you remind me, my mom was very much like you, whereas, you know, at the bridal showers when you go and they hand you a roll of toilet paper and then you have to create a wedding dress on somebody. <laughs>
0: I always win that Which, game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Lori, I could picture you and my mother. My mother would make, like, seriously a wedding gown that you'd want to wear to your own wedding with the roses, the hand done roses out of toilet paper. I could just see you in a situation like that. You must love those creative, you know, things.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is. It's a lot of fun. And I, I don't know. My background is actually engineering. Um So, I got my degree in engineering and I worked as an engineer for many years. And I tell everybody it was very serious. It was not a lot of fun. I um, consulted, so I found myself traveling a lot. And um, there was a time, you know, right before I started Two Red Hens between thanksgiving and christmas i had a contract that was expired right before thanksgiving and i said you know what um they said can you come back right after thanksgiving i said i need until the beginning of the year i'm so tired i've been on the road for you know 18 months and and i'm just going to take off through the holidays and um and then I, you know, got ants in my pants about three days in. So I went down <laughs> to this fabric store, bought myself a sewing machine, hooked it up at the kitchen table, and I just taught myself how to sew. And, oh, uh, me. And so, yeah, so, two, you know, a couple weeks in um, I made some bags, which is where Two Red Hens started. We started with handbags and baby bags. And um, my friend had a boutique in Denver, and, she placed an order and sent me to a couple other places, and so I had, a, I had these orders I had to fill, and so I just went down to the Secretary of State and filed for a business license, and, you know, that's what two wow. hours was, and then I that's, never, you know, I never went back to work.
2: That is amazing to me, and you have such drive, Lori, that I think that has a lot to do with your success, because... Oh you will just go ahead. But with that, let's take a quick break and we'll be back shortly with Lori Holiday of Two Red Hands. Thanks everyone.
1: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jurasi right after these on tugginet.com. Girlfriend is on tugginet Lyndale Link with host Holly Rand comes Mondays at 10 a.m. Central on TalkingNet.com.
0: Lyndale Link is Lyndale's first and only internet radio broadcast.
1: Holly, tell us about
0: it. It's really something from my heart that I want to be teamwork um, for the entire community to get the word out about everything that's going on here. We're talking to the entire community of Lyndale. This is not limited to just businesses or just parents or just teachers. Simply to get the word out about your cause
1: or your company... You must go to where the people are. And today, people are on the Internet. Lindale Link. Lindale, Texas is a growing chain of business, education,
0: commerce, community. Together, Lindale Link can create one strong chain of communication.
1: Check out lindalelink.com and then check out Lindale Link, the radio show. Lindale Link with host Holly Rand. Mondays at 10 a.m. Central on TogiNet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back,
2: everyone. It's Josephine here, and we have Lori Holiday of Two Red Hens telling us about her story about how she started her business and, uh, Lori, so I think it's amazing you take out your sewing machine, you put it on your table, you teach yourself how to sew, and then you start making bags, you get it into a friend's store, and from there, you start getting orders. I think it's great. So, Laurie, can you tell me, like, what were the biggest challenges that you started to come across as you started to develop your business?
0: Well, I think you've probably heard this a million times, but it is true. The hardest part, even very early on, was money. And I felt like Uh when I started Two Red Hens, I had enough money to last a year, and, you know, I I had a plan. I I didn't have an extensive plan, but I had a good plan. I thought it was um, pretty solid. And then what you don't factor in, well, at least I didn't because I'd never really run a business like this before, is how much money every mistake costs. So I had had enough money to run Two Red Hens, and I had enough money to do things like go to trade shows and, you know, do some different outreach kind of things and go to some seminars and, you know, buy supplies, but what I didn't plan on is how expensive mistakes really are, and I found, you know... Um, let's see, maybe a couple months after starting, I was already overwhelmed and, you know, I just taught myself to sew, if you remember. So I was as slow as molasses and I could maybe make like two bags in a whole day and then I couldn't get anything else done. So I went out and I started finding, um, looking for a sew shop in Denver who, could manufacture my bags, and um, they eventually did a really good job, but there was a huge learning curve, um, and Uh I was really frustrated because, you know, they would make a a mistake and it was really no skin off their nose, and meanwhile, I'm just looking at my supplies being ruined. I'm looking at having to, you know, replenish that and all kinds of things, and I just... If I had one thing to tell people is just put a line item in in your budget for mistakes and put a lot of money there.
2: I think that's so, so important. But, Lori, as a business owner, I could sort of kind of stomach when I make a mistake once, but when I go and do the same mistake twice because I think (laughs) it's going to have a different outcome and it has the same outcome as the first mistake, that's when I just want to – really (laughs) that's when i get really really upset with myself but that is such a good point to definitely put room in your budget for mistakes
0: right
2: right i think that's so so important so um what other accomplishments or let's talk about the challenges do you have another challenge you want to talk to us about before we get to the accomplishments lori
0: um well you know of course that's a toughie um Another challenge, just I think the nature of the beast, is is figuring out a good way to stay on task and, you know, make sure that you get what needs to get done, done. And I had to learn pretty early, I call it putting the roast in the oven, but there's work that you can do that you can just kind of, Get started and it does itself and then there's work that you have to really be on task and I really struggled with, with prioritizing. So if there was something that I could, I could start doing and then finish letting it cook by itself, but I found myself not really doing that early on, and that would be the end of the day, and I would have something left that was going to take six hours, whereas if I would have just started it at the beginning of the day and kind of let it do its own thing, it would have been finished, but until that piece of the task was done then you can't move on to what you have left to do and on and on and on so it was snowballing where I was falling behind because some tasks that you know you can kind of you don't necessarily have to stay on top of and work at but they do need to get started I was not getting done because maybe they weren't that exciting well they, I'm sure that they were boring and I, that's why I didn't <laughs> want to do them but but um so, so you know I think I think there's a learning curve in there because, you know, when you're, when you're in it all by yourself, you really have to learn to prioritize those things. And mm-hmm. sometimes they're really boring things, although they're super boring. If you just get them going, they'll take care of themselves. But I found myself just completely ignoring them. And uh, yeah. so I had to really train myself.
2: I, you know what, Lori, that's a great point because I know I'm the same way like you. It's really, really hard to prioritize. And like you said, that. The things that just have to get done no matter what, but you kind of dread doing them, and they're boring, that's the perfect word for them. Um, I have a mentor who had suggested what to do. He said, write a list of everything that you can think of that needs to get done. Then go back to that list and actually put a dollar sign next to everything on your list that's actually going to bring you money. What's going to actually affect the bottom line? And then once you get that, the dollar signs next to those tasks, then to try to prioritize. And I know Nell Merlino, who's um, responsible, responsible for the Make Mine a Million Dollar um, business, she had said that, you know, you really should just try to do the top five things that you're going to accomplish for that day. Because realistically, how many more things can somebody get done? We wear lots of different hats, but um, it's just, it's not easy. And Lori, I think like you said, it's trial and error a lot of times.
0: Right. Well, that's a good tip about the dollar sign thing. I'd never heard that. Um, Yeah. So I actually might try that myself.
2: It helps, Lori, because you know what? A lot of times we're just surrounded by it so much that when you put the dollar sign, it's almost like you step out of your business, and it's almost like you're looking at somebody else's business plan. So I don't know. It seems to work for me, but um, quite honestly, I think that there are just some days where I am a lot more productive than other days. And when I have those days, I try to jot little notes to myself to say, okay, why am I getting so much done today? And a lot of times, I hate to say this, Lori, a lot of times, my most productive days are when I fall asleep with the putting my kids to sleep that night, and I'm forced to get a good night's sleep, so I don't know if that happens with you, too, but I'm yeah, sure never.
0: So, we'll talk yeah. about China here in a minute and how you never get to sleep once you move production to China.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Lord. All right, so, Lori, tell us more. I can't wait to hear more about your story. So, we got some challenges under our belt here, but... Like, how did you make your business the success that it is? So you got into a couple of stores, and then what happened?
0: Well, they just, you know, they loved it. They said, can I get it? And i got to tell you, I was a little bit shocked because I loved it, but I don't know. I I, I hadn't expected that. And um, so gosh it wasn't that long after that somebody called me out of the blue and she just said you know i want to start repping your line and i'm like what what i don't even know what that word means who are you and <laughs> right. uh, so it was a sales rep and i don't know if others know but you know they basically go out to the their Accounts and show your product, and then they get paid a percentage of the sale and so I was like, Well heck yeah, and um so she actually was really good with some tips and and you know we sat down, and she um, basically said, you have got to go do the Dallas trade show. It's perfect for your stuff. You know, it's just crazy enough. Your stuff is just crazy enough that you're going to do really, really well there. And she said it's, you know, $2,500 for a 10 by 10 space. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I hadn't planned for that. But she said, you have really, really got to, um, you've got to go. And it wasn't really a question of how are you going to get there. You know, it was just like this is you know, change directions, do whatever, and and you're going to get there. So I signed up for the show and actually drove from Denver to Dallas. Um, a huge mistake, but I thought I would save money that way. And I stayed in, like, <laughs> quite possible. I've stayed at nicer youth hostels. I stayed at a horrible hotel. and But I set up for the show, and, you know, our little booth was absolutely ridiculous. I didn't know what to look for, and there's these huge elaborate booths. And my husband had made me this. A holder to put my bags up out of PVC pipe. It looked not that great. And, you know, I just <laughs> thought it would need to be functional. But, you know, there's like writing all over it from whatever the manufacturers write on PVC pipe. And I had a cute sign, and that was kind of it. And, you yeah, know, I'm sorry.
2: You say that, you say that, but you are so creative. I'm sure it looked amazing.
0: <laughs> I'm sure well, it did. I think the bags kind of dressed it up a little bit, so, you know, the PVC pipe kind of fell in the background. But, you know, we're at home, <laughs> and, like, what do you need? And, and he's, he'll do whatever for me. And I'm like, let's just do this. This will be perfect. And, you know, you just you don't know until you get there. And, you don't.
2: worry. Um, my my biggest thing about those trade shows, my first trade show, I had absolutely no idea the amount of money I was going to spend on shipping. Because we're shipping all of our stuff there, or in your case, you were able to drive, and that must have been a long, long drive. <laughs> it was but like 15 I, hours. Yeah, I'm sure, but I remember going to my first trade show. I have an eight foot mascot of a penguin, which is my logo for, um, my mascot, I should say, for Globby. And Lori, it cost me over $400 just to ship I know, my it's a penguin to the trade show, but I will tell you it was worth it because after I left that trade show, there were thousands of people there. It was the ABC Kids Show, actually. And, ah, right. uh, every single person knew Glovies because of that penguin.
0: Right, so it can, it can be worth it. I have found since, though, if I can buy it when I get there and then just leave it behind, it's usually cheap, cheaper than shipping it. So um, I yeah. do a lot of kind of... I don't know, creative things for my booth at this point. And we've never gotten to the point where I spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on trade show booths. I just, I don't get it. But, yeah. But anyway, so that was our first show. And, um, you know, it was successful. Our first order was from Macy's. And I didn't, wow. I, mean, I was like, That one of the other exhibitors walked up afterwards. She's like, "Who was that?" I'm like, "Macy's." She's like, "Really?" You know, and she'd been doing this forever. I'm like, "Yeah, they ordered a thousand bags." And she's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Is that good?" I don't know if like that's the way it goes or if you know I got lucky and anyway so um but we had a really great trade show and I, you know none of it would have happened if I wouldn't have gone so you really need to tell yourself that too even if you don't get a bunch of orders like nobody would have seen you if you would have stayed home but you know Fair and then point. I just and then I just kept going and you know I the money I netted from one trade show I would just pay to get to the next because they're really really expensive so you're kind of just working for the trade show oh, for a little while. You did
2: so good. You did so good, Lori. And I'm glad we had the chance to talk about some challenges because when we come back, I can't wait to hear all about your accomplishments. So with that, we'll be right back with Lori Holiday at Two Red Hens. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>
1: be right back with more paying it forward with josephine jirossi right after these on Toginet.com. is there more living for you to do yes start living inspired be here for living inspired with trisha goyer Or you're the winner. Well, now we have the Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Bressy. Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on Togginet.com. Martin's show is all about helping speakers and authors find their niche, create their brand, and achieve massive success. Each week, Martin will interview guests from around the world who have achieved tremendous success as speakers and authors. You'll find out who they are, what they do, and how you can follow in their footsteps to achieve incredible results. Guests will come from around the world of business, entertainment, finance, the arts, and sciences. Nothing is off-topic, no subject too taboo. We'll share valuable information as well as huge laughs as we discover the ups and downs of being a successful speaker and author. The Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Pressey, Tuesdays at 9, 8 Central on togedat.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on com. Well, welcome
2: back, everyone. It's Josephine here. So, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I am here at um, the Hershey Lodge in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And, of course, when we got into the room last night, my kids were jumping on the bed like every child must do when they enter a hotel room for the first few minutes. And I put the TV on, and they were talking about Hershey Milton and all of his, oh, my gosh, talk about an accomplished man. He really did a lot for the community, for the world in general. And um, one of his business tips was that he had said that the first million is the hardest million any business owner will make. And I thought that was really quite interesting. So I thought that would be a good lead-in, Lori, for us to talk about lots of your accomplishments. How's that? Perfect. So tell us, Lori, how did you become so big?
0: How did I become so big?
2: Yes, Um... you're so You don't give yourself the credit that is due because, Lori, all of us struggling entrepreneurs are trying to be just like you, and you're just so laid back, and you're like, oh, it'll happen.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. I, You know, I don't know. I still don't consider myself very big. I'm not where I want to be, so I guess maybe it's all relative to where you are, and, um, you know, I was – when I got that very first order, I thought I was big, but there have been days when I have huge orders and I feel super small, so I think you just really have to stay motivated like that, but, you know, I just, I've tried a lot of different things. I think I've tried to stay on track with my design style and, um, you know, the look and feel of Two Red Hens, but we've tried a ton of different products. We have, um, you know, I've worked, I have went out and contacted different companies or Companies have contacted me to partner with them to do design work. I never say no, even if even if it's to my detriment, because I feel like that could be the one thing that makes me big, and um, oh, and so I. I'm constantly just putting myself out there and, and trying something. I think of, I have a million ideas in my head. I'm, I'm trying to work down the list. It's just going way too slow. And, you know, you just gotta, you gotta keep trying. You can't just think one thing's gonna do the trick for you and then, you know, stagnate. And, um, and I'm good at that because I like having a hundred things going on for me. So, so maybe that's served me right. well.
2: So, Lori, my next question to you is let's tell the listeners a little bit more about your products. I mean, I love what you do. I love the fact that you're so green.
0: Well, we are – we're half green. (laughs) What happened was – You know, we were making all of our stuff in Colorado, all of our bags and baby stuff, up until maybe three years ago. And it just got to the point where I could not find manufacturing anymore. I couldn't get anybody to do the right what I wanted. The quality wasn't there. We were having all kinds of problems. And so I eventually had to move um, that line to Asia to be produced. And, you know, it was a little bit bittersweet. It was sad because I felt like, oh, you know, we have to leave the United States to get this done now. But I was so excited, too, because whatever you ask, I mean, the sky is the limit over there. If you want, you know, buttons with your name on it, they can do it. If you want zippers here and there, they can do it. And so it was really exciting to do that and and to know that, you know, I send them over these specs, I send over my own fabric prints, and, you know, in a few months I get 5000 of something that's all right. um, Yeah. But... You know, um, before I even got my first order, I was bored and twiddling my thumbs and trying to figure out what I'm going to do now because it's you know you really don't get to you can't play around as much when you're dealing with China because you do have to order really big quantities so it's not like you can dabble in something and order five thousand sure. and see how it goes so um, so I do love to shop and go look for materials and things and so before last year's ABC show I. Decided to try to do a line that was a little more high end again, a little more, you know, out there, and I came up with this all green line of. Things that we're doing, So we've called that line the cast-off couture line, um, and it's made of all 100% recycled stuff and um, nothing like no soy cotton and that kind of thing. It's um, it's just all recycled from old things. So we take old, like one of the things we do is old bed sheets, and we make aprons, and we make little girls' dresses and tops. And, and they're skirts.
2: beautiful. They're beautiful, Lori. Wow. I mean, I absolutely love the little pillow dresses that oh, you make. Yeah, the ones. thats big. They're well,
0: beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, they're doing really well. I just—I think people don't realize that. Um, even myself, I was like, "Oh, recycled. It's going to look junky and like a craft fair." And—and and, um, but really, there's so many really great materials that have just already, you know, gone through their lifespan once. But there's still plenty of use left in them. So I just went out looking and- for stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: And Laurie, even the cashmere pillows that you created were just beautiful, and yeah. I could go on and on and on. My kids were looking at the brochure, your brochure yesterday, and they're like, "Oh, Mommy, I want that, I want that." You do such amazing work as far as um, the little stuffed animals with all recyclable um, recycled material.
0: Yeah, we take old sweaters and wash them in hot, you know, hot soapy water so they felt and turn into fabric, and and we make these amazing, I call them pets, and... You know, everything's one of a kind. So I'm sort of back in the thick of that again. But, you know, everything is special. And I say, like, this time around, nobody's going to throw it away to Goodwill because everything's so pretty now that they're going to want to keep it forever. And um, there's just there's so and much stuff down, out there.
2: Probably.
0: And hand it down, Yeah, yeah and, mom, you know, and it's, and it's true. And, and really when you look around, there is so much stuff in this world. We really, um, I should be ashamed of myself how much stuff I have. And... Um, and but we just use it and we toss it and we get we get something new and then we toss it and and you know it just happens and um so i i like the new line because you know we're keeping a few things out of the the trash bin and we're we're recreating those um materials into something that aren't going to wind up in the trash
2: oh i think it's great you know what Lori, let's tell our listeners where they can go and see your line
0: well you can go to um TwoRedHens.com has some of our line there. Um, we're in. We do have some uh, places on our website you can look. We're in. The new line is probably in about a hundred stores right now across the country. Um, and I know UncommonGoods.com has some of our um, products also. If you just want to look online. Okay,
2: that's great. Okay, wonderful. So, worry, wow, 100 stores. That's amazing. And that has nothing to do with all of your really huge retail stores. Tell us about some of the big retail stores that we can find your stuff in. Um,
0: well, you know, we, we um, sell to Babies R Us. We sell to Target. Um, you know, we also sell to Nordstrom's and Bloomingdale's and those guys. And... Um, you just got to look around. They're, they're also in specialty stores as well. So, um, And that's yeah. more of the stuff that, you know, we talked about that's manufactured um, outside of the country, but more of a mainstream line.
2: Yeah, but Laurie, I have to tell you, I what I love about your oh. your um apron. The aprons are absolutely beautiful and I think they're a great gift to give to a hostess. You know, a lot of times you get invited to holiday parties or even a barbecue in the summer and it's just like, Oh gosh, what am I gonna do? Bring us a bottle of wine, <laughs> cookies. But I I just feel anybody who actually hosts a lot of parties and I personally, when I host, it's a ton of work, yeah. and it's so nice when somebody comes and they they really appreciate it. So anytime you go to anybody's house and they put a meal on the table and they're feeding, you know, my kids and my husband and I, and we're having a great time and everything, I appreciate that so much that I think one of your aprons would be the perfect gift as a host, this gift, you know?
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, they are. I love them. They're made out of old bed sheets. And um, one of the favorite things I like about the aprons is that the old sheets are made out of... 50% Fifty percent polyester and only fifty percent cotton, so you don't have to iron anything. When it comes out of the dryer, it's perfect. And um, so, but yeah, I've done the same thing. All, all my friends have aprons of mine, and um, my little girl even has one. She likes to wear. And uh, but they do make nice gifts, and it is something really special. It's not you know just a generic something you pick up at at wherever. I mean, I think a lot of thought goes into even just making the apron. So buying one for your friend would mean a lot.
2: Oh, yeah, I think that that's great. So I think one of the toughest jobs we have, Lori, is trying to figure out how we could possibly manage everything. We have our business that we have to attend to. We have our young children that we're attending to. We have our houses that we have to manage. How do you manage to do it all? What, do you do you outsource a lot of your stuff? Do you have employees on hand? How do you manage to everything? Because you seem so relaxed and calm, and kids are always happy. Your husband <laughs> seems so supportive. How do you do it, Lori?
0: You know, I just I don't get too excited about anything. I mean, we haven't really talked about some of the other things that have gone on with me personally. But I've, I've sort of had a lot of mess in my life, and I think that that's really served me well to put things in perspective. Like, I don't gripe about little things. It's just not worth it. And usually griping is just taking time away from what the time is that you need to fix it. So I do have a staff. Um, I have a, a group of nice ladies that work for me, and um, they help me take up some of the slack. I'm a control freak, so I don't give them really anything that um, – is super important to me, and I should probably do a better job at that. But I just I can't, and I haven't figured out a way to crack that nut yet. So, I, um, you know, I tried I tried giving important things off to employees, and I just it was making me nuts. So I, um, I quit doing that. So I kind of hold way too many cards close to my chest, and I don't sleep enough. I will tell you that, and especially working with China. Yeah. They're 14 hours ahead of Colorado, so when my workday's ending, really they're just getting into the office, and that's yeah. really when I have a captive audience with them. If I just email them during the day, then I there's a whole day lag just getting one question answered. But if I stay up late at night and go back and forth with them, we can get a ton of work done just you know in a few hours' time. So I find myself not sleeping enough, and um, you know I think really if you really love what you're doing, and I do, and I love my life, it just It's not a big deal. It's not really – I don't really give it as stress. I kind of just label it as this is the way that that it goes and this is what I want. And, And you know, what it
2: is, I think, Lori, we get tons of energy from our accomplishments. And we know, you know, working in the middle of the night for us moms, sometimes it gives me such peace of mind because I'm not distracted from everything happening with the kids in the house. So right. I hear you. I'm in the same boat that you're in, but um, we're going to take a quick break here, Lori, and we're going to be back with that last segment of Paying It Forward, and Lori's going to share lots of business tips with us. So we'll be back shortly. Thanks, everyone.
1: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi, right after these on toginet.com. Ready for the most current feel-good gossip? Then check out Daytime with Donna with your host, Donna Intercastle and sidekick Nina Fry every Friday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on toginet.com Donna is a charismatic market-driven entrepreneur who was part of the team that founded iVillage.com which is the largest content-driven community for women today. Donna and Nina are here to empower you, motivate you, and encourage you in all aspects of your life. It's like Oprah on the radio. Plus, your chance to win great prizes, all the way up to a $500 Visa gift card. For more on Donna Intricasso, check out her website, introink.com. Then join us for the show, Daytime with Donna, with your host, Donna Intracasso, and sidekick Nina Fry. to team driving, Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and childcare professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to 5 book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents' Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents' Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Gerassi on toginet.com.
2: Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here. We have Lori Holiday of Two Red Hens with us today. So, Lori, we were just talking about how difficult it is for lots of us to just find balance in life. And I know you had touched upon the fact that... Um, You've had um, challenges, but tell us about um, perhaps maybe some health challenges that you had experienced that has helped you to learn, not this let the little stuff
0: um, okay, well, um, let's see. when I was twenty, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer stage three, and um sort of just you know turned everything I was doing upside down and just, uh, it was a horrible year. I had all of these treatments I had to go through. I had surgeries I had to do, and I was trying to finish my undergrad. Um, and it just, I don't know. Or, I, were you in school
2: at the time? At I was. I
0: was in my last year of college, and um, I was diagnosed And were there any symptoms? Lori, were
2: there any symptoms?
0: You know, for me, there really wasn't. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, maybe not the typical symptoms, but, you know, most women who have cervical cancer are older, like in their 30s. And so the doctors didn't really, you know, they didn't even think that that was, what the problem was. And this was, you know, almost 20 years ago now. So of course medicine has come a long way and there wasn't even an internet to speak of back then. And so, um, I was just knowing I wasn't feeling very good and trying Uh to, you know, have my doctor hear me like, please, I'm just, I, you know, I don't feel good. Something's the matter. And, um, and I just got sick enough at one point that I wound up in the hospital and, um, a different doctor of course was attending at the hospital and that's when they found, um, the tumor and so you know it was a little heartbreaking coming from a huge family you know you're kind of brought up knowing that you're gonna have a huge family of your own and that was really the scariest part to me um, just knowing that I wouldn't be able to have children and you know it was just a really sad time and and uh, you know everybody's different when they go through that and and the things that really affect them but but that was really hard for me but you know, I got through it. I met my husband ah, during such that a, time. And you're um, an
2: inspiration, Lori. You really you are such a strong person and I am so happy that you were blessed with such gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful children. And the doctors were wrong, so
0: They were I, wrong, yeah. Eleven years later, I mean we've been married. My husband and I had been married 10 years, but 11 years later, I, um, I turned up pregnant. And much to everyone's surprise, and I had a perfect little baby boy. And, um, you know, I mean, <clears throat> talk about the biggest gift ever. I could just you know I, I say all the time you'll just you'll never hear me asking for anything or complaining about things because I have everything i want and um but it it was hard and and you know um and I've had recurrences of cancer since then, so I've had to you know go through treatment again and again and and it's it's tough but it um it does sort of stop you in your tracks and make you appreciate the things that you do have.
2: I am so proud of you, Lori, and I am so honored to be your friend because, like I said, when I was introducing you to Pay It Forward, I just think its you are one of the strongest people that I know, and um, you just make the most out of the situation, and I think it's great. You have the drive to be, you know, a successful entrepreneur, but you get what life is. And my whole feeling is there's so many people out there that think that you're going to have a second chance. And, you know, when we were little and we used to play something and we used to always say, do-over, I need a do-over. Well, well, life's not a do-over. And it's like we have to gently remind ourselves that, you know what, let's make the most of it because we only have one chance to do it. So Right, but you I, know what?
0: Just, mm-hmm. If you do it right, well, one chance is enough. Yeah,
2: and so. you're so right. Oh, yeah. you're so right. So, all right, so let's, Laurie, let's talk about some of the great business tips. I always like to wrap up my um, show with real business tips that the listeners can take and almost apply immediately to their um, companies. So what's your favorite business tip you want to share with us?
0: Um, my best business tip I have it taped on uh the door when I walk into the office every day and I have it on a frame on my desk is that I am responsible for this. So, um That's scary, like, Lori. What? That is very scary. No, but, <laughs> but I mean true. it's true. It's it's easy to pass things off. It's easy to ignore things until they get really, really bad and at the end of the day this is my company. This is my name on it. This is what I want, and what I've chosen to do and I need to be responsible for this. And um and I think that it's really easy to, you know, ignore things and pass off the buck and blame other people. And, um, you know, if you just buck up and say, I got to fix this, you can usually just muddle through it and, and move on. But it is important when you own a business to know that, you know, every dollar you spend is your responsibility. Every decision you make is yours. Every person you hire is because you give them a job offer. All of those things. And, um, you know, I, I just, I've learned a lot and, I, and I, I did this business for a lot of years without that kind of motto behind me, and um, I think it's important to just remind myself that I am responsible for this.
2: Yeah, I think that's great, and I love the fact that you walk in, and it's in the frame sitting right on your desk, and you're looking at it every day.
0: Well, it looks so prettier in the frame. Great. What was that? I'm sorry. It looks prettier in the frame. <laughs> you're so funny. But that sounds great. And I'm sure it's a very
2: pretty frame with a to of off and boring or bows or rhinestone something. But you're so creative, that's funny. But you brought up a really good point. You had said that um, every person you hire you're responsible for. And Laurie, I don't know if you're like me, but a lot of times I started to realize It is so hard. I think that's my most, the most difficult thing about running a business is hiring the right people because a lot of times I think I hire people for the wrong reasons and I am not good at telling somebody, you know what? You really messed up today and it cost me a lot of money. I'm always like, oh, don't worry. It's okay. We'll learn from our mistakes and move on. But It's really, really, really hard, and I think if somebody is not bringing to the table exactly what you need, I almost feel like anybody that comes my way in my business, whether I outsource them, whether I hire them, Laurie, my new motto is you have to prove to me that you're better than me, because if you're better than me, then it's worth me paying you money to do what I can't do. Right. Otherwise... Otherwise it's really really hard to watch people make mistakes on your dime. It's not like you're a big company where you can swallow it and just keep moving on. It could really damage and create a big hole in in your finances.
0: Oh yeah, and if you let's say you only have two employees and one of them sucks, Guess what? Half of your staff is horrible, and you can't, you know, show me a five, Fortune 500 company that half of their staff is horrible and they're successful. It's even more important when you're small to make sure every person is doing their job to the best of their ability. And um, you know, it's um, it's it's tough to train yourself like that. I think, but it is. It's it's really really. It's important and I agree, I couldn't agree with you more and it's been it's a huge hard. challenge that, with the staffing. Um, and it's hard too and it's your own business because of course, you know, this is, this is my third child to Red Hens and, yeah. and, um, you know, and I love it so, so much and I've yet to find somebody that loves it even a little bit. You know, it's their job and, and, um, and so, you know, it it definitely is one of the challenges. Yeah,
2: yeah I'm laughing here, Lori, because I always look at Glovey's as my fourth child. And my oldest Lovies. said to me the other day, he said, Mom, can't we put Glovey's up for adoption? <laughs> they are just, you know, it's hard because, you know, they're still young and they want your attention, you know. Right. So it, it's kind of funny, but, um, so Lori, with just a little less than three minutes left to our show, what other business tips would you like to share with us today?
0: Um, you know, I I think, um, you know, one of the other things that I've I've kind of learned along the way, the importance is to just cultivate connections that you make, and you know, mm-hmm. communications really um, key. You know, I say follow up is everything, and communication is everything else. And um, you really, you just don't know who you're going to come across. You don't know that you know maybe a buyer doesn't like you now, but they may like you in three months. And. Uh Getting that connection is such hard work, and I figure I have to get on the airplane and leave my family to find connections sometimes. And for me to come home and not do anything with that, that's time I should have just stayed home with my kids. And so um, I really think that, you know, we don't really put as much value in those business cards that we collect as we can and even just calling somebody and saying it was nice to meet you and having just a friendly conversation with them, you know, they may not be the person that's going to help you get to the next level, but they may know somebody who is and you're not going to get. You're not going to find that out if you don't pick up the phone or write them an email or I like to send thank you cards, regular, you know, snail mail, and just kind of try to forge. It does You know, you don't have to be best friends with everybody, but it is worth following up, um, on with the people that you meet at, at different places, and you just, you never know who you're going to come across, and, and it's very trite, and you hear it all the time, but, you know, it's served me well. I I met you at a, you know, at the evening. show. And so. And, uh, you know, how lucky am I that we got to become friends from it, and, you know, if I wouldn't have, if we wouldn't have, you know, come together and met each other, then, you know, we wouldn't have had this connection. So, it's just sort of one thing leads to another. And working for yourself is really lonely a lot of times, anyway. So, every chance you get to be with other people, I just think you should should take that opportunity.
2: I I think that's such a great great point. And Lori, you know what? There aren't a lot of moms out there that are doing it to the extent that we're doing it. So, it is so refreshing to actually be among people that are, that are in doing it the same magnitude that we're doing. So it, I just feel really, really honored to have met you. I am so grateful that you took the time out of your busy schedule to be with us today, and Lori... Gosh, I hope you're going to come back on Paying It Forward and share lots of successes with us. Because I know you are going higher than you are now, and um, I just want to thank you. Thanks again to Lori Holiday for being a guest on Paying It Forward. Thanks, Lori.
0: You're welcome. Have a great day. You too.
2: See every. I'll see everyone next week. Thank. Thank you.
1: Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Togginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week, we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons learned.